Deep down here by the dark water lived old Gollum, a small slimy creature. I don't know where he came from, nor who or what he was. He was Gollum, as dark as darkness, except for two big round pale eyes in his thin face. He had a little boat, and he rowed about quite quietly on the lake, for like it was, wide and deep and deadly cold. He paddled it with large feet dangling over the side, but never a ripple did he make. Not he. He was looking out of his pale lamp-like eyes for blind fish, which he grabbed with his long fingers as quick as thinking. He liked meat, too. Goblin he thought good when he could get it, but he took care they never found him out. He just throttled them from behind if they ever came down alone anywhere near the edge of the water while he was prowling about. But they very seldom did, for they had a feeling that something unpleasant was lurking down there, down at the very roots of the mountain. Hey, 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 Tolkieners! I'm Danny J. And I'm Joel N. I'm Trevor D. And we are Keep, Keep on, on Tolkien. Tolkien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome back. Welcome. Welcome back or welcome to. If it's your first time. If it's time. Hope this finds you well. Yeah, hope this finds you well. Especially you, Bismarck, North Dakota. Thanks. Bismarck. For, thanks for listening so much. Yeah, we just found out that uh, apparently Bismarck, North Dakota is our... Loves us more than our hometown. Loves us more than our hometown, yeah. <laughs> They're our second biggest... Second biggest, right? Second biggest city? city? Yeah. Next to Minneapolis, I yeah. think. Next to Minneapolis. Next to Minneapolis, yeah. Well, welcome, guys. Today we've got episode 85 for you today. Yes. And we're going to be covering a character that I'm kind of surprised we haven't covered yet. Yeah, very important character, really. And today we're going to be talking about Gollum, the one and only. Yeah, we're calling him the secret hero of the Lord of the Rings, and we'll we'll lay this theory out for you as the character profile. Yes, progresses. yes, you'll 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 understand. But yeah, as we, we I remember this sparked from a random conversation we were having. We we're like, holy <laughs> yeah. shit! Without Gollum, he's a real yeah. He he turns. He's a he's a real tide turner. Yeah, yeah, for real though. He's integral to the whole journey, really. Oh yeah, totally. So let's just touch on, for, so everyone's on the same page, briefly, who is Gollum? So he's just a, a small, emaciated, gangly creature that crawls on all fours. Yeah, he's known for his insatiable addiction to the One Ring. Uh, he's also known for his run-ins with Frodo, or with uh, Bilbo Baggins during the events of The Hobbit, and then later with Frodo Baggins during the events of The Lord of the Rings. Known for his frequent use of the phrase, my precious, as uh, many people have heard him say. And uh, we consider Gollum or Smeagol to be one of the most tragic characters in the Lord of the Rings. He has a very sad life. Yeah, and a secret hero. And secretly, he's a, he's really the hero. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Names and titles. Yeah, we- so we've got, of course, Gollum, as everyone knows. Smeagol, of course. Uh, one I'd never heard of before, Trahald. Yeah, that was new for me as well. Yeah, it means burrowing, which means in the, uh, are apt to creep into a hole. And we also know him as Slinker or Stinker, as well as Shelob's Sneak. Mm. I think the orcs give him that one. Yeah, but I think that would make sense. Yeah, that's what he'd be doing. Well, let's let's start off at the very beginning. So Gollum, originally named Trahald or Smeagol, 
was originally a hobbit of the Stuart clan. And yeah. we we just mentioned it, but I really hadn't heard of Trahald before this. When when does he actually go by the name? Uh, in his youth, he's known as Trahald, uh, which is cited in Appendix F, which yeah. is something that we had to specifically track down. Yeah, we we're like, for real, what is this? We yeah. had never heard that before. So, yes. but yeah, it's true, Trahald. And Smeagol is apparently just a translation of the word Trahald. Mm. But uh, yeah, that was originally his birth name. And for those who might not remember uh, who the Stewers are, so they were one of the three uh, early Hobbit types that Hobbits uh, kind of branched out from. Yeah, you got your Harfoots, you got your Phalahides, and of course your Stewers. And the Stewers were the ones known for being river people. They dwelt in the Gladden Fields right along the Anduin River there, and they were fishermen. Mm-hmm. They had a heavier and broader build than other Hobbits, and they had large hands and feet. Among the Hobbits, the Stewers most resembled men, and were most friendly to them, which is, I think, kind of interesting, really. It's, yeah. They got along with them the most. Um, the name Gollum is derived from the sound of gurgling slash choking cough that he developed later in life. It's a, it's a sort of tick that he does. Yeah, so he wasn't originally Gollum. He was originally born Smeagol or Trahald, and that was in the year 2430 of the Third Age. His people had moved to the Gladden Fields and were people of the Riverlands. Um, they usually lived with a head matriarch. Yeah, that was kind of a fun change. It's yeah, fun. fuck the patriarchy, yo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely found that interesting. You know, and that Smeagol's grandmother uh, herself was the matriarch of his mm-hmm. uh, of his family or, or or clan. Would you say? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And uh, Smeagol also uh, not only had a grandma who was the matriarch, but he was also very close with one of his cousins named Digol. Eagle. I like that they have names that are almost like rhymes, really. Smeagol and Deagle. Two peas in a pod, really. Yeah, so when he was really very young, uh, Smeagol was known as a curious hobbit, and he was very inquisitive, kind of like the curious George, and he showed an intense interest in beginnings of things, like roots and, you know... Origins. He's really... Origins. Into, yeah, he's into the origins. He wants to get... He literally, he literally likes to get to the bottom of shit. Sounds like he'd make a good scientist. In a way, yeah. We have a excerpt here about Smeagol from The Fellowship of the Ring, Chapter 2, The Shadow of the Past, read by Danny. I guess that his people were of hobbit kind, akin to the fathers of the fathers of the Stewers. There was among them a family of high repute, for it was large and wealthier than most, and it was ruled by a grandmother of the folk, stern and wise in old lore, such as they had. The most inquisitive and curious-minded of that family was called Smeagol, He was interested in roots and beginnings. He dived into deep pools. He burrowed under trees and growing plants. He tunneled into green mounds. And he ceased to look up at the hilltops, or the leaves on the trees, or the flowers opening in the air. His head and eyes were turned downward. Always looking down, got his head in the dirt. Yeah. So around the year 2463 is when Smeagol became the unfortunate fourth bearer of the One Ring. And this is this is following uh, Sauron, Isildur, and technically Deagle. Yeah, Deagle had it uh, for, yeah. That's kind of interesting that, that Deagle is counted. Like, he, he, he really could have had it for only more than a few minutes, right? Right, yeah, it was pretty yeah. quick. It was pretty quick. Yeah. But, but he, he did have it at one point. Yeah, and he I think- did claim it. For his own. It, it corrupts him nonetheless, right? In that short amount of time. Well, I don't know how much it corrupts him, but it was at least like he fought to keep it. So True, yeah. He did yeah. not want to part with it. Yeah, he did not want to part with it. He chose to claim it. Yeah. Let's talk about him a little bit. Yeah, let's get into Deagle a little bit. So Deagle was Smeagol's cousin. We've said that already. Uh, the two of them grew up together. Yeah, very close in childhood. 
And on the day of Smeagol's birthday, in the year 2463, the two of them went fishing together in the Gladden Fields, along the Anduin River. That would have made him, what, 33 at the time? He was still, he was still pretty young for a, for a hobbit. Yes, yeah, he was. 33, yeah, that's actually an important birthday. Um, that's the coming of age for hobbits. Oh, that was his coming of age birthday when he committed, well, let's get to it. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers. No, yeah, nobody knows the story <laughs> nobody of knows <laughs> Nobody knows this already. Yeah, Deagle was pulled by a large fish out of the boat and into the water. That's a scary thing to have happen to you. Yeah. It'd have to be a big fish. It'd have to be a big yeah. fish. I mean, he's also pretty small, too. He's a, he's a hobbit. True. Now, That's at, like a big northern or something? Big northern there, yeah. <laughs> that's going to pull you right. <laughs> that's or, a or big a, old pike there. Or how about a muskie? Oh, that's a big yeah. old muskie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what a muskie is. Because <laughs> you're not from Minnesota. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Are there so, muskies in Iowa? There's got to be. I, I, again, I don't be. know what it is, so I couldn't tell you. It's a big fish. <laughs> Just a big fish. Big old yeah, fish. It's a big old fish. It's delicious. I love eating them. I love eating them. Uh, well, at the bottom of the Anduin River is where Deagle finds the One Ring. Yeah, almost immediately, though, Smeagol falls to the power of the ring and demands the ring be given to him as a birthday present. Yeah, when Deagle refused, Smeagol strangled him to death in rage and took the ring for his own. And he began the painful transition into Gollum. It's funny, when we were going over review for this episode, Joel had the word choked him to death. <laughs> Right, and yeah. I was like, I had to. I was like, we got to change that to strangled. I, I, it is, I know it's pedantic, but I have to. And then we were thinking about what it actually would yeah. mean to choke somebody to death. Yes. I mean, yes, yeah, strangling, that is like the act of inflicting death on someone. By yeah. Choking them choking to death would be, yeah, sticking your fingers down yeah, their Yeah, choking someone, yeah, that'd be like, <laughs> yeah, because you were, you were arguing that choking is like the passive thing that people yeah, do, like yeah. when you've, you've got something stuck in your stuck throat. Stuck in your throat. Like you, like you threw a fish or something in his throat to, to yeah. get him. Right, yeah, so to choke somebody, you'd have to like, <laughs> stick your fingers in. Stick your fingers down. Please <laughs> don't bite me while I choke you to yeah, death. Yeah, while I choke you to death. Uh, okay. In all seriousness, though, we got an excerpt here from The Fellowship of the Ring, The Shadow of the Past, the greatest exposition chapter ever written, um, and Joel's going to read it for us. He had a friend called Deagle of similar sort, sharper-eyed but not so quick and strong. On a time, they took a boat and went down to the Gladden Fields where, they were, where there were great beds of iris and flower reeds. There Smeagol got out and went nosing about the banks, but Deagle sat in the boat and fished. Suddenly a great fish took his hook, and before he knew where he was, he was dragged out and down into the water to the bottom. Then he let go of his line, for he thought he saw something shining in the riverbed, and holding his breath, he grabbed at it. Then up he came spluttering, with weeds in his hair and a handful of mud, and he swam to the bank, and behold... When he washed the mud away, there in his hand lay a beautiful golden ring, and it shone and glittered in the sun, so that his heart was glad. But Smeagol had been watching him from behind a tree, and as Deagol gloated over the ring, Smeagol came up softly behind him. Give us that, Deagol, my love, said Smeagol over his friend's shoulder. Why, said Deagol. Because it's my birthday, my love, and I want it, said Smeagol. I don't care, said Deagol. I've given you a present already, more than I could afford, and I've found this, and I'm going to keep it. Oh, are you indeed, my love, said Smeagol, and he caught Deagol by the throat and strangled him, 
because the gold looked so bright and beautiful. Then he put the ring on his finger. <clears throat> After hearing that, I can't help but wonder, could we maybe assume that the fish who lured Deagle into the water was also corrupted by the ring? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Maybe you know? maybe it was like drawn to it so it like swam him right by it or something. Right, yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, here you're gonna we're gonna the ring's gonna lure to use the fish to lure Deagle in. <laughs> And I don't know, maybe the maybe the fish had just lost the ring like it was wearing it around its fins or something. Ring is just hanging out down there one day and he's like, Psst, hey, hey, fish, hey, hey fish. fish, you want to help me get out of here? <laughs> Bring a hobbit down here to pick it up. Yeah, it's all an elaborate route. It's all an elaborate plan by the ring. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, an elaborate so, series of events. I'd believe it. Really? So, so clever, the ring. <laughs> so after the blatant murder of Deagle, uh, Smeagol returns home and he fi- this is when he finds out that he is invisible while he's wearing this magic ring. This is essentially when he finds out that the ring is somehow magic. Yeah, he kept his treasure a secret, and it was uh, slowly corrupted by the ring. He began to use it in, mal- in malicious ways, like to spy on people and learn their secrets. Sneaky. Like a paparazzi. But because of this, he soon became pretty unpopular, and his peers naturally avoided him. They, they didn't like him and how he knew all this weird shit. And they often cursed him and kicked him as they went by him, and he basically devolved to just taking it and, like, biting at their feet like a fucking dog. Yeah. Well, that's kind of weird to visualize, though. Yeah. I wonder what kind of secrets these hobbits have. Yeah, I, like, I, I don't know. Are there sordid affairs of the stewards that we don't know about? <laughs> Apparently, like, they're, some, they're pretty bad. Yeah, they got some secrets, dog. Probably just social gossip. Do you oh. hear who is dating who lately? <laughs> <laughs> so becoming basically a loner, Smeagol began to mutter to himself, and he gurgled in his throat. And this is essentially when he began to be called Gollum by his peers. Yeah, because the gurgling sound sounded like the word Gollum. Yeah, it's like a Pokemon, like they're named after the sound they make. Gollum the Pokemon. Gollum the Pokemon. Yes, please, can I have it? <laughs> is that true that Pokemon are named after the sound they make, or is the sound they're, their name? They're not named after the sound they make, and not all Pokemon make the sound they're called. Thank you. Don't I've always wondered Pokemon that. speak, like, full English or whatever language? I don't know. For whatever reason, the Meowth on the TV show could speak English. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Meowth was always fully sentient. Yeah. It's the only Meowth that could, as far as I know. And then the only other Pokemon I can think of, and my Pokemon knowledge is not up to date, it's Mewtwo. But he was a clone, you know. Mm. I suppose. Mm. He's special. All right. Very. Thanks for that Pokemon tangent, Trevor. There you go. Little po- I suppose po- I, I started that and you kind of finished little, it. Little so. Pokelore for you. We're both, we're both culpable for that. <laughs> So Gollum, uh, he survived by stealing, obviously, because uh, he doesn't work. And eventually even his grandmother, desiring peace, banished him from their family and their hobbit hole. And we've got an excerpt about this from The Fellowship of the Ring, Chapter 2, The Shadow of the Past, by Trevor. No one ever found out what had become of Deagle. He was murdered far from home, and his body was cunningly hidden. But Smeagol returned alone and he found that none of his family could see him when he was wearing the ring. He was very pleased with his discovery, and he concealed it, and he used it to find out secrets, and he put his knowledge to crooked and malicious uses. He became sharp-eyed and keen-eared for all that was hurtful. The ring had given him power, according to his stature. It is not to be wondered at that he became very unpopular and was shunned, when visible, by all his relations. They kicked him, and he bit their feet. He took to thieving and going about muttering to himself and gurgling in his throat. So they called him Gollum and cursed him 
and told him to go far away. And his grandmother, desiring peace, expelled him from the family and turned him out of her hole. Brutal. Banished by his own family. I know. Pretty the, rough. The matriarch, nonetheless. Yeah. Sad for the hardness of this world, he wandered into the wilderness alone, our hero, all by himself. All by himself. He just, it's not his fault. Poor, the ring. Shrever just gave me the funniest <laughs> look. Poor, poor Gollum. Poor Gollum. Our it's hero. not his fault. I mean, I mean, it's not really his fault that the ring corrupted him, right? I mean, it's, it's I mean, evil. he was already, we'll get into that later. He was already kind of an asshole, uh, but yeah, the uh, while he's wandering around the wilderness, the sun starts to scorch his skin and eyes, becomes sensitive to the light. Oh, hold on. So the sun even banished Gollum? Yeah, <laughs> I guess you could look at it like that. Wh- why would this happen, though? That seems kind of weird. I mean, I guess it's more of a transformation of Gollum, necessarily. Not like the sun doing something, but... Yeah, in the Tolkien Legendarium, light coming from the sun is good because it's uh, a descendant of the lights of the trees of Yavanna mm-hmm. uh, by way of a fruit... From the tree of Laurelin, the golden tree. Yeah, the sun and the moon. Were, one was a fruit from Laurelin, and the other one was a flower from Telperion. That's where the f- sun and moon came from. The sun from. and moon come from, exactly. So, so they're not actually like balls in the sky? No. Oh, well. Not, well, not, not. kind of. They're like, the uh, Aule made like these containers for them, and they're like pulled by Maiar. <laughs> so they're like uh, they're like giant moving terrariums? Yeah, in a way. <laughs> and they're supposed... I, I guess. The, a funny story is they're supposed to be in the sky at the same time, but the one that... Uh, the Maiar that brings the moon around is like, there's like, he's a fuck up for some reason. <laughs> he's a, he's fuck, a up? fuck up. So okay. like that, that's what causes like the faces of the moon and stuff. Yeah, because they're supposed to have like equivalent Yeah, time groups. in the sky. Yeah, 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 equivalent time in the sky. And he's just like zipping around. He's like a drunk or well, something. Was he, was he like jealous that he didn't get to pull the sun, so he just wanted to see it? I think if I remember right, maybe this is in Canada. I think he was chasing after... He was trying to catch up to this the sun. I think he sort of had like a that. thing for the. Yeah. I think he sort of fell in yeah, love I with the, was like a the the lady pulling the the sun. I'd have to relook at that lore, but yeah, it said sometimes he'd even like come so close to her that they would meet, and that would explain the eclipses. The eclipses. Yeah, I kind of all thought out by Tolkien. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm imagining the um the rabbit from Alice in Wonderland just running around. I'm late. I'm late. Yeah. <laughs> He's just trying to catch up with the sun. That's him. <laughs> Well, essentially, what we're getting at is the light of the sun is essentially good in a way. Yes. And Gollum is essentially turning evil due to the ring's influence. So Evil enough to be uh, burned by the sun. I mm-hmm. guess so, yeah. And there's what, what other creatures, like orcs and trolls and stuff, are mm-hmm. also... Yeah, 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 other evil yeah, yeah, other evil creatures are affected by the sun, yeah. Yeah. As he looked down, he noticed the Misty Mountains. Uh, he noticed from the Misty Mountains there was a stream running down, issuing from the mountain. Weird. Yeah, so finding this little river, he decided to follow it up because it looked nice up there, and he was desiring to find some kind of darkness safe away from the scorching sun. And he wished to also find the roots of the Misty Mountains and whatever secrets would be, that could be discovered there. Yeah, around uh, Third Age 2470, he eventually found a little cave out of which the stream flowed, and he made his home deep in the caves of the Misty Mountains, near Just the root of the mountain. Slithered on in there like a worm. That didn't yeah. take him very long. <clears throat> it was like, what, seven years? Because uh, he was banished right after, uh, well, I don't know how long he made it, remained in his town. But, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. He found it took him a while to find it, but he settled in there and stayed for a while. It seems like a pretty quick transition to evil. Yeah. Um, let's get into his life under the Misty Mountains. Yeah, so due to the ring's you know, magical influence on Gollum, uh, his life was prolonged far, far beyond its natural limits. He lived in the Misty Mountains for over 400 years. 
long and time. This actually makes him the longest ring bearer next to Sauron. Yeah. And uh, in my opinion, another reason he's a hero. Yeah. Because the ring is clearly like a big deal. Like it. Like even they even talk about it at the Council of Elrond. Like, well, where do you? Who do you give it to? You can't give it to Bombadil. We can't just like throw it in the river and hide it or anything. Yeah. It was clearly the safest, and everyone was the safest when it was with uh, Gollum. Just yeah. Rotting his brain down deep under a mountain somewhere. Yeah. Other than when it was at the bottom of the river, it was most benign when it was with Smeagol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually very interesting. He's just taken one for the team for over 400 years. Yeah. Considering that we compared the stewards to men, and we know that men are like very corrupted by like the rings of power. Corruptible, yeah. Becoming, becoming Nazgul eventually, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty impressive that Gollum did not turn into anything other than... Yeah, that's well, one of the characteristics of hobbits. Yeah, they're extremely resilient to this for whatever reason. For whatever reason, which is why uh, Gollum just kind of becomes like a gangly creature instead of a full-on wraith, I guess. Yeah. Uh, while he was down there on his little lake thing, he lived on a small island surrounded by this subterranean lake-type pond thing. Down deep under the mountain, yeah. Yeah. He survived off raw fish, bats, and occasionally small orcs. Like he had his own little in mountain paradise. Yeah, you might say that. If you can get used to zero sunlight and a bunch of nasty slime and, and eating and nothing but raw, disgusting fish and hey, orcs. Yeah. Hey, he chose that life, okay? He, uh, he wanted it. It's true. <laughs> I mean, what is the irony that the ring makes you invisible and there's nobody around to see it? <laughs> you might as well be f- you like might as well not dark, be invisible. so it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's get into the whole Smeagol versus Gollum split personality thing. Yeah, let's do it. During his centuries alone uh, underground, he was haunted by the murder of Deagle, and he developed a sort of disassociative identity disorder is what we'd say when this happens to people. Yeah, and so there was essentially Smeagol, the Smeagol personality, which was his good personality, friendly. Um, Smeagol was still vaguely like he still vaguely remembered things above ground like friendship and companionship and love and light and you know life and stuff up there but then there was the the golem personality the bad half and this was also his prevailing half and this half was the one that was essentially a slave to the ring and would kill anyone who tried to take it yeah years later samwise gamgee would name the two personalities slinker and stinker yeah, the two personalities often quarreled with each other, and that's when you know you'd find Gollum talking to himself—a very famous thing that he does. Yeah, I love how they presented it in the movie where he's talking in a lake. Oh, with the reflection and, and having his, that conversation—that was a great effect. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, they had a very his two halves had a very health unhealthy uh, love hate relationship. Yeah, not not good. Not good at all. Yeah, and this kind of mirrored Gollum's own love and hatred for the ring and for himself as well. Hmm, I kind of never really would have thought that he hated himself. I mean, or the ring for that matter, considering he basically like refers to himself as precious along with the ring. Well, right. he, he hates himself for murdering Deagle, and he hates the ring for him being such a slave to it. Like, uh, edicts will often say that they hate the, you know, sub- ah. substance that they do. Yeah, comparing it know? to addiction, that, yeah, that sounds pretty apt. Mm-hmm. The ring's corrupting influence, as well as centuries of isolation in the Misty Mountains, took a deep toll on him both physically and, of course, mentally, more importantly, probably. Yeah, we know he became disfigured and grotesque in appearance, and uh, by the time he met the hobbit Bilbo Baggins, he was almost completely mad. Yeah, during, uh, this is a little fun thing we pulled here for the episode, during his period, uh, of this period of his life, um, he made up a song about raw fish that he liked to sing, and we got... 
our, our dear Joel is going to sing this song for you. I'm going to do my best. He's going to do his very best. We practice this, so don't fuck it up. <laughs> don't no, fuck it up. No pressure. <laughs> the cold hard lands that bites our hands, that gnaws our feet. The rocks and stones are like gold burns or bare of meat. But steam, stream, and pool is wet and cool, so nice for feet. And now we wish to catch a fish so juicy sweet. Alive with our breath, as cold as death, never thirsting, ever drinking, clad in mail, never clinking. Drowns in dry land, thinks an island is a mountain, thinks a fountain is a puff of air, so sleek. So fair, what a joy to meet. We only wish to catch a fish. So juicy, sweet. Wow, that was that was great, Joel. Thanks. Thank yeah, very, you. Very nice. Thanks, guys. Very nice. I kind of wish I there was like a band behind this. Just Do you like kind of wish you had a raw fish? Gollum and friends? Yeah. So juicy, sweet. I love fish. I don't know about... I mean, raw fish is good. I like sushi. I suppose you're right. Yeah. There's some raw Don't fish. Knock I, it. I, I can get behind some raw fish. Don't I'm just, knock I'm just going to agree to disagree. I'm just not a not a fish fan. You're not yeah. a sushi or sushimi, none of that? Really, uh, really no fish at all, yeah. Well, I, can't, I can't get past the smell, partly. Go back to Iowa, Trevor. <laughs> eat, your, eat your corn down in Iowa. Whoa! That's not my main diet. I know. You live on the <laughs> river. I'm such, I'm such an <laughs> asshole. I, you, live on of... the, you live on the same river I grew up on. Yeah. yeah what the hell? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Well, now that we are kind of at the point in Gollum's life where he kind of is as we know him to be, he's kind of transformed into Gollum fully. Let's let's go over uh, sort of his his appearance and his characteristics. Yeah, initially this is kind of funny. I I laughed when I uh, found this out. Initially, Tolkien didn't actually describe the size of Gollum's in early editions of The Hobbit. So many people considered Gollum to be a large creature, almost like a troll. Yeah, so in later editions of The Hobbit, Tolkien had to include the explanation that Gollum was in fact a, a hobbit-sized creature. I'd actually be terrified if Gollum was, was huge, was huge yeah. and troll-like. You can find some uh, art online of him as like this big old towering creepy thing with big old eyes. It's actually terrifying. Is, yeah, he, is he buff? No. In these pictures cuz that's I want to see that like big buff gangly Gollum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So Tolkien described Gollum as a very small creature, pale, or excuse me, dark, with large eyes, long hands, and long, lanky fingers. Yes. He is said to be keen-eyed and quick of hand. His sense of smell and hearing approved over the years as he, that he spent in the caves underground. So he was capable of living by catching food in the dark caves, including fish, which he eventually became a particularly good fisherman of. Yeah. And uh, somehow developed the ability to eat most things raw. Yeah, gross, right? Yeah, really weird. Would you say this might have been some kind of like evolution that was brought about by the ring to be able to consume that? I mean, I guess that's the best explanation I can think for it. I, I don't know. I honestly think it's just being accustomed to miserable shit. I, I, I think it's, it's that. I, yeah, I think he's just... That disgusting. It was either that or starved to death, so... Yuck! I'm sure he. Yuck. I'm sure he had like many a bellyache, right? Oh yeah, there's a lot of diarrhea down in that cave too. Spe- I'm especially sure. if you're eating Ew. goblins, like Ew. Ew. <laughs> goblins. Ew. Imagine raw goblin. Oh. That's, that yeah, doesn't he doesn't sound even healthy. cook the goblin. That's disgusting. Uh. Let's move on from that. <laughs> so he was said to wear dark clothes as well, uh, and he resides in 
poorly lighted conditions as kind of his preference. He hates the sun. And he was able to move almost completely silently, as we know, is kind of a characteristic of hobbits, right? Mm -hmm. He also speaks with a hiss. Oh, yes, his famous hiss. He's always hissing. At one point, an orc describes Gollum as rather like a spider himself, or perhaps like a starved frog. Yeah. I feel like the image of the starved frog is probably most accurate in my mind. Me too. I can can see that more than spider-like, at least. Yeah. So let's dive into everyone's favorite chapter in The Hobbit. Everyone's. Riddles in the Dark. Riddles in the friggin' dark. The only scene in the mo- one of the only scenes in the movies that I thought was fantastic. Yes. Yeah. They did it. You can tell they did a, a very loving job on that particular scene. Yeah. I mean, I remember when uh, the scene concludes and you know that Gollum's not going to be in the rest of the movie anymore. Mm-hmm. I remember like people clapped at the theater I was watching it at. People were like, "Hell yeah, <laughs> that was a great Gollum." Appearance. It was. It was. It was a great Gollum appearance. It's very well done. Yeah, and we also just haven't really had much of an opportunity or like much of a reason prior to this to really dive into Riddles in the Dark. So I figured now's a chance. Yeah, if not if not now, when, pray tell. Yeah, it's a it's a brilliant encounter between two of the most like important characters. Yeah. One would argue. Like Yes. It's in I mean, really the whole fucking story of the ring and the War of the Ring hinges on this moment. It right starts here. here. It the never, ring yeah. yeah, the story of the ring really started here. Yeah. Well, and we as we talked about in a in a previous episode, Tolkien had written you know with the Hobbit much earlier and used it as the inspiration to come up with the Lord of the Rings. Right. Yeah. So it, right. it's it's definitely like a cool origin for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Even knowing that it like the the whole idea of the the trilogy afterwards hadn't hadn't been created like Tolkien is really well thought out, man. I'm yeah. always impressed. Really well planned. Yeah. So let's get right into it. In July of uh, T of Third Age 2941, the Hobbit Bilbo Baggins, along with Thorin and company, stayed in a small cave uh, in the high passes of the Misty Mountains. While in that cave, they were taken by a surprise and captured by a bunch of goblins, aka orcs, and they were taken down to Goblin Town. Down to Goblin Town. <laughs> well, there Bilbo became separated from the group, and he got lost in the dark tunnels deep under the mountain. Yeah. Eventually. He stumbles across that uh, subterranean lake. Yeah. Isn't he like, the the thing is like, he's he's on somebody's back, right? And yep. doesn't he get bonked on the head and he falls? Yeah, right? yep. yeah. He falls unconscious up. and like stumbles, like rolls down a hole or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Oh boy. Ends up in the subterranean lake. No fun. Yeah, that's a pretty shitty place to find yourself in the pitch black. Yeah. But this is also when Bilbo famously finds Gollum's ring lying around on the ground in these tunnels. What a chance encounter. Yeah, Gollum had lost the ring while murdering a small goblin in the caves leading to the lake. Oh, is that why it says he's... Because later on it says he's not hungry at the time. Is that, that could why? Be, that could be. Recent, recently eaten. Yeah. Gandalf uh, later says that it would be more accurate at this point to say that the ring actually abandoned Gollum rather than Gollum dropping the ring. Yeah, like it abandoned Isildur as well. Right. Gandalf, ex- Gandalf explains that uh, the necromancer was becoming more powerful at this time and that made it a good time for the ring to choose to change hands and try to get back to Sauron. So, so would that have been the second time the ring has abandoned somebody? Yeah. Yeah. Or or the third time if you count the fish? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. this fish. <laughs> But lost down by this lake is when Bilbo famously meets Gollum. And we've got a lovely excerpt from Riddles in the Dark, read by Danny. Gollum got into his boat and shot off from the island while Bilbo was sitting on the brink, altogether flummoxed and at the end of his way and his wits. 
Suddenly, up came Gollum and whispered and hissed, Bless us and splash us, my precious. I guess it's a choice feast. At least a tasty morsel. I'd make it us. Gollum. And when he said Gollum, he made a horrible swallowing noise in his throat. That is how he got his name, though he always, though he always called himself My Precious. The hobbit jumped nearly out of his skin when the hiss came in his ears, and he suddenly saw the pale eyes sticking out at him. Who are you? Bilbo said, thrusting his dagger in front of him. What is he, my precious? whispered Gollum, who always spoke to himself through never having anyone else to speak to. This is what he had come to find out, for he was not really very hungry at the moment, only curious. Otherwise, he would have grabbed first and whispered afterwards. I wonder if Hobbit would have been like a nice second course after that goblin, you know? <sighs> Probably pretty yeah. sweet, pretty tender. Yeah. So Gollum is at this point not yet aware of his loss of the ring. He still thinks it's like stashed back on his little hut and is on his island. He's also uh, obviously unaware that Bilbo has it. It's possible that Smeagol, or, or it's possible that the Smeagol in him was pleased to hear a kind voice again. And it reminded him of the outside world, of which he hasn't seen for, what, over 400 years? Yeah, a really yeah. long time. Long ass time. Bilbo, or Gollum noticed Bilbo's sword and hissed with disapproval. Um, out of anxiety to appear friendly to the Hobbit, Gollum asked if he likes riddles. And we got a little excerpt here from Riddles in the Dark uh, by Trevor. What's he got in his hands? Said Gollum, looking at the sword, which he did not quite like. A sword? A blade which came out of Gondolin, said Gollum, and became quite polite. Perhaps he sits here and chats with it a bit, my precious. It likes riddles. Perhaps it does, does it? He was anxious to appear friendly, at any rate for the moment, and until he found out more about the sword and the hobbit, whether he was quite alone, really, whether he was good to eat, and whether Gollum was really hungry. Riddles were all he could think of. Asking them and sometimes guessing them had been the only game he had ever played with other funny creatures sitting in their holes in the long, long ago, before he lost all his friends and was driven away, alone, and crept down, down into the dark under the mountains. Very well, said Bilbo, who was anxious to agree until he found out more about the creature, whether he was quite alone, whether he was fierce or hungry, and whether he was a friend of the goblins. You ask first, he said, because he had not the time to think of a riddle. So Gollum asks the first riddle. Let's do it, guys. Let's get into the riddles. Yeah, we got the riddle here. Joel, take it away. First riddle. So Gollum asks, What has roots as nobody sees is taller than trees. Up, up it goes, and yet never grows. And Bilbo, being a smart little fucker, Correctly answers, a mountain. Of course. Yeah, after, Bilbo comments that the riddle was easy, and uh, Gollum suggests that they play a game of riddles. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah? Then you must play a game with me. Play a game. Yeah. If Gollum wins, he gets to eat Bilbo. But if Bilbo wins, then Gollum would have to show him the way out. And uh, in an attempt to save his life, Bilbo agrees. Naturally. So yeah. then we move on to the second riddle, as to, and it's Bilbo's turn. Take it away, Danny. Thirty white horses on a red hill. First they champ, then they stamp, then they stand still. And Gollum answers correctly, pretty quickly. Teeth. 
Chompers. Chompers. I don't know why, but that's just chops. It's just kind of gross chops. to me. That riddle it is a little. Uh, it's would, a little gross. It's, a little it's gross, about uh, the 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 process of mastication, which is to mash right, up your right. food. Yeah, right? yeah, it's Chew. the, the chewing. Yeah. yeah, gross, right? You know what they call that when the food gets all? It's in like a ball. They call it a bolus. Ugh. Bolus? Yeah. Like B O L U S? Uh, B O L U S, I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I've actually heard that word a lot. There's a lot of bolus in Elden Ring, just side note. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love video game uh, people. They're really funny. Like, uh, you talk to people like about the Pinkertons, and they're like, oh, yeah, Red Dead Redemption. And I'm like, cool. At least you know. Yeah, at least you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> History is still being taught somehow. Somehow. Um, the third riddle, Gollum's turn. Voiceless it cries, ringless flutters, toothless bites, mouthless mutters. And Bilbo comes back with the correct answer, wind. 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 So when we get to the fourth riddle. Bilbo's turn now. And Bilbo asks, an eye in a blue face saw an eye in a green face. That eye is like to this eye, said the first eye, but in a low place, not in a high place. I love that. It almost sounds like a song. Mm-hmm. Gollum answers correctly. Sun shining on daisies, which wasn't didn't seem very intuitive to any of us. Intuitive, but yeah. Maybe that's a thing maybe, uh, yeah. somewhere. I don't, I don't somewhere know. not here. <laughs> uh, however, these kind of riddles reminded Gollum of life above on the surface uh, when he was less less lonely, and this, of course, pissed him off. Yeah. So for Gollum's next riddle, he decided to go with something more unpleasant. We yeah. would right. say he decided to be a dick. I had to get a little nasty. So for the fifth riddle, it's Gollum's turn. It cannot be seen, cannot be felt, cannot be heard, cannot be smelt. It lies behind stars and under hills, and empty holes it fills. It comes first and follows after. Ends life, kills laughter. And to this one, Bilbo does answer correctly. Darkness. Darkness imprisoning me. All that I see. Absolute horror. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure that Gollum would have listened to Metallica. Yeah, Gollum would have loved. Yeah, just down. That'd be funny. You're like down in Goblin Town. You just hear that. She's just like, is that Master of Puppets? (laughs) going from across that fucking lake down there? (laughs) Yeah. He's just got an old boombox from the 80s and a cassette tape of Master of Puppets. It's the only album he has, which oh, is yeah. He fine, listened to I it guess. for 400 years, I'm sure. Yeah, it's the only one. <laughs> it's not a bad one you have to listen to for 400 years. <laughs> so let's get into the sixth riddle. It's Bilbo's turn again. I really like this one. It's, it's pretty short and sweet. Yeah. A box without hinges, key or lid, yet golden treasure inside is hid. Yeah, Gollum actually has uh, some trouble answering this one, which is kind of funny to Bilbo because initially Bilbo just threw this out as a quick, easy one because he couldn't think of anything at the time. So, so he thought this was going to be an easy giveaway, but... But Gollum, he, um, he's not real familiar with above-ground sorts of things. But he does eventually remember stealing eggs from birds' nests, and he, ent- he av- answers correctly, eggs. Excellent. I feel like this one would have taken me a while personally to get. I would not have considered eggs as a box, really. It is a box, yeah. Why not? Yeah, yeah, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into the seventh riddle. I like this one, too. Gollum asks this one. Alive without breath, as cold as death, never thirsty, ever drinking, 
all in mail, never clinking. Yeah, and if you were paying attention, those are lyrics from that song we read earlier that Gollum made up. Yeah, pretty brilliant, I think, of Gollum to also bring out like his own creation into that. Yeah. Pretty original shit. Bilbo struggles with this one. Gollum I thought this was an easy one because he was always thinking about the answer. Fish is fish. But when Gollum saw that Bilbo was having trouble answering it, he got excited and he began to climb out of his boat to go over and get Bilbo. But when he stepped out of the boat and put his foot in the water, he scared up a fish that kind of jumped up out of the water and splashed up and <laughs> landed on Bilbo's feet, giving him the answer by luck. How serendipitous. Bilbo answers correctly, fish. Almost like somebody wants Bilbo to have the ring. Hmm. Oh my god, is this another fish that was corrupted by the ring? Oh yeah. shit. These fish are really into the fucking ring, dude. There's These the fish. Dude, fuck birds. Uh, Sauron's got fish on his side. Sauron's yeah. got fish. <laughs> Eighth riddle coming from Bilbo as it's his turn. No legs lay on one leg. Two legs sat near on three legs. Four legs got some. Yeah, and Gollum answers this one correctly pretty quick. Uh, because he's just like, oh yes, of course. The answer is a fish on a small table, a man at the table sitting on a stool, and the cat gets the bones. Which, what the fuck? We say fuck this riddle. We don't understand it, and it makes it feel. It makes us feel dumb. Yeah, I don't like it at all. Is, is this? this a, yeah, is this like a British thing? Is this a British thing? We don't. We don't understand the intuitive of this. Uh, yeah, well, who, like who would be able to guess that? The answer is as long as the question is. Yeah. Right. Are we dumber than Gollum? I, I don't know. I guess we just don't get it. Oh, let's get into the ninth. The ninth riddle. Gollum asks. This thing, all things devours: birds, beasts, trees, flowers. Gnaws iron, bites steel. Grinds hard stones to meal, slays king, ruins town, and beats high mountains down. Bilbo could not think of the answer to this riddle. When Bilbo saw Gollum's eyes coming closer to him, he panicked and wanted to ask for more time, but he just shouted out, Time! Time! Which, out of pure luck, happened to be the correct answer again. Wait, how, how much luck does this guy have? Apparently he's got saying. all the luck. This, I, I, this I is like in Fallout know. when you just have crazy luck. Yeah, does the ring just give you like a plus 100 to your luck? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't fucking know, man. Apparently. I mean, at least in some things. He's getting some crazy luck with these answers. I love it in Fallout New Vegas when you have super high luck, you can just go to the gambling, the casinos and just clean up at gambling until they kick you out. It's even more fun if you just go high luck but really low intelligence. Yeah. So you're, so you're just really dumb but I love you the, get all the stuff. The intelligence language uh, conversation options are so fucking funny. <laughs> so then we get to the final riddle and at this point Gollum's pretty over it. He's impatient. He's angry that he's losing and that Bilbo clearly has got some kind of fucking luck helping him win. But Bilbo is now incredibly stressed out about the whole thing, and he cannot think of a riddle to ask. And while he's trying to think of a riddle, he's just putting his hands in his pockets and fiddling around, and he stumbles across the ring that he put in his pocket when he thinks out loud to himself, what have I got in my pocket? Gollum is extremely upset at this question, and he demands three chances to answer. So he guesses hands? Obvious one, I suppose. A wrong. knife. Wrong again. Makes sense. And then I feel like this one is kind of two guesses. It S was, yeah. String or nothing. I think Bilbo says that, doesn't he? He's like, that's two guesses, but they're both wrong or yep. something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so Gollum loses with this one. Ooh, lost. You don't get to eat Bilbo. Yeah, no snack time for you. 
After the famous riddle game, Bilbo refuses, or Gollum refuses to show Bilbo the promised way out, and he plots to murder him. Typical. Yeah, so when Gollum goes back to his little island to retrieve his quote-unquote birthday present, this is when he finally discovers that his magic ring is missing, and he freaks the fuck out, and he suddenly realizes that the answer to Bilbo's last riddle, what have I got in my pocket, it's the ring. And he becomes furious. So furious. Yeah. And uh, the Bilbo, as he ran away, had it inadvertently stumbled across as the ring's power of invisibility. And uh, that allowed him to follow Gollum to the entrance of the cave. Which, I guess, you know, Gollum technically holds to his word on accident. That yeah, way. I guess so. Well, it's, it's kind of funny because Gollum thinks he's like, ah, he's going for the exit. So he runs, he beelines to the exit and then Bilbo just follows him out. It's kind of stupid of him, I suppose. Pretty brilliant, yeah. I mean, he's brilliant been, of Bilbo. Stupid for Gollum. Yeah, brilliant of Bilbo. I mean, Gollum's been living underground by himself for 400 years, so I mean, yeah. He's just running after his new friend. Which is funny because he assumes he knows the way out, but he asked you for the way out. Like, why would he be going, you know, like, how would he know how to get to the entrance? Like, Yeah, blinded by his addiction, really. Yeah. Yeah, so after uh, after Bilbo follows Gollum to the entrance of the cave, Bilbo thought about killing him, uh, but after thinking, he realized that killing Gollum wouldn't be the right thing to do. And uh, we have an excerpt from Riddles in the Dark, read by Joel. Bilbo almost stopped breathing and went stiff himself. He was desperate. He must get away out of this horrible darkness while he still had any strength left. He must fight. He must stab the foul thing, put its eyes out, kill it. It meant to kill him. No, no, not a fair fight. He was invisible now, and Gollum had no sword. Gollum had not actually threatened to kill him or tried yet. And he was miserable, alone and lost. A sudden understanding, a pity, mixed with horror, welled up in Bilbo's heart. A glimpse of endless, unmarked days without light or hope of betterment. Hard stone, cold fish, sneaking and whispering. All these thoughts passed in a flash of a second. He trembled. And then quite suddenly, in another flash, as if lifted by a new strength and resolve, he leapt. He leaps right over uh, Gollum. Right over him. That's kind of fun. Like, what a way out. Yeah, jumps right over Gollum to escape, and he does get, I think he gets caught in the doorway and, like, loses some buttons. Some but buttons, yeah. It's a narrow scrape, but Bilbo makes it. He gets out of there, and he's got the ring. Yeah, uh, as Bilbo ran, Gollum gave a blood-curdling shriek, and it cried, Thief! Thief! Baggins! Rehites it forever! Just like that. Just was, like that. Just like that. Just like that. So now Gollum has lost his ring. So let's get into the part of his life where he's searching for it. Yeah. If he doesn't have it, he's trying to get it. Yeah, that's pretty much his two states. Gollum stayed for more than two years in the caves under the Misty Mountains. He was miserable. He hated darkness and light and the ring most of all. Just hated everything. He's miserable. Yeah, but his addiction to the ring was so great that he overcame his hatred and fear of the light. And he left to pursue Bilbo. So hiding from the sun and the moon, Gollum went out of his cave and moved quickly and silently by night. And he hunted small creatures. I wonder, would the would the moonlight have also hurt him? Yes, he does not like the moonlight either. He doesn't like either. It's yeah, not as bad, but he doesn't like either. Yeah, <laughs> l- later on in the story when they travel, a lot of the times he insists that they travel when the moon and the sun are not in the sky. That's mm-hmm. like not very often so yeah like once it would be a couple hours every night i think like mm-hmm. when it's slower or like travel. When it's, or when it's cloudy or yeah 
So as the ring was no longer devouring him, Gollum was actually a bit revived, and some new food and air made him even stronger. Devouring him? So, like, the ring was kind of like, I don't know, having worms? Is that? Like <laughs> like ringworms? Like ringworms? Ringworms. <laughs> ring- oh, <laughs> ringworms. Uh, uh, that's pretty funny. That's pretty, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you could say it's kind of like a parasite. Yeah. Gollum ended up following Bilbo's trail through Mirkwood and even reached Eskaroth and Dale. While spying on the men of Dale, this is when Gollum learns more about the thief Bilbo and where he comes from. And that's when Gollum decides to turn and go back west again and try to find the thief in Mirkwood. Now, the elves of Mirkwood, apparently cooperating with Gandalf, attempted to track Gollum. You know, and his presence itself terrified the beasts and the birds everywhere he went. Yeah, he ate the eggs of young animals and just straight up young animals from nests and holes and all kinds of fun hiding places. There are even some uh, mildly terrifying reports. This is fucked. That he broke into houses and would approach cradles of babies of some of the woodmen. And uh, the woodmen spoke about blood drinking ghosts like... Some real creepy shit. Yeah, Gollum was a specter. So, so Gollum would pretty much eat anything with blood and meat inside of it, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty got, much. It's got protein, he'll eat it. From worms to fish to goblins to, to babies. small animals to, to babies. To small Jeez. human babies. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of a monster, but a hero. But a hero. A hero nonetheless. But a hero nonetheless. <laughs> Uh, eventually Gollum reached the Great River again. Um, he hadn't been there since he was, uh, young, since he lived on the river. Since he became an adult, basically. Yeah, I guess since he became an adult, yeah. Yeah. And then for some reason, the Wood Elves say he turned southward and his trail was lost. So at this point, Gandalf, uh, in his search for Gollum, just kind of gives up. He ends his search and he kind of neglects the matter for a while because he's got some other wizard shit to do. Wizard shit. Wizard. He's always got wizard shit going on. Ah, but little did Gandalf know that Gollum had turned towards Mordor, where evil things happened to be gathering at that time. Of course. So 30 years later, this is when Gollum actually reaches the confines of Mordor for the first time. Damn, that takes a while. And this is when he discovers the secret stairs of Kirithungal, located near the uh, old dead city of Minas Morgul. And this is also when he meets Shelob. That's right, Shelob. Let's talk about her for a second. So Shelob is the giant spider-like demon that lives in the Pass of Kirithungal. And just for those who might not remember, the Pass of Kirithungal is a cleft through the Fl Duath located right near the dead city of Minas Morgul. Yeah, Gollum actually worshipped Shelob for a time, and he would bring her food. It's unclear clear whether this was voluntary or if Shelob had some kind of power over him. And she put him in a weird trance or something. Yeah. However, just the fact that Gollum managed to forge an alliance with Shelob somehow is remarkable because she was really just known for otherwise devouring pretty much anything in sight. Yeah. Uh, we've got a lovely excerpt here from The Two Towers, Chapter 9, Shelob's Lair, read by Danny. Already years before, Gollum had beheld her. Smeagol, who pried into all dark holes, and in days past he had bowed and worshipped her, and the darkness of her evil will walked through all ways of his weariness beside him, cutting him off from light and from regret, and he had promised to bring her food. Her lust was not his lust. Little she knew of or cared for towers or rings or anything devised by mind or hand who only desired death for all others, mind and body, and for herself a glut of life, alone, 
swollen till the mountains could no longer hold her up, and the darkness could not contain her. He oh. just wants to be a glutton. It's interesting. It's kind of like she fills the hole the ring left for a while. That's kind of what that says there, right? I suppose, in a way. Cuts him off from light and from regret. Mm. I suppose that would make sense, yeah. So a little reprise, but I mean... Ultimately not the thing he needed, right? Ultimately not the thing <laughs> yeah. he needed, yeah. Working uh, for a giant spider demon, bringing her things to eat and, and kill. Yeah. Not the greatest. What better friend to have, though? Just moving from one addiction to, into like a toxic relationship. Kind, kind of like, like, it's almost <laughs> yeah, like a city worship, good. right? It's almost yeah. like a cult. Yeah. Cult of Sheila. He joined a cult. <laughs> Um, on his return, he was captured by the Nazgul and taken to the dungeons of Baradur. Under some very intense torture, this is when Gollum reveals to Sauron that he knew about his precious ring. And this is also when he provides Sauron with the only information he can, uh, the information about Bilbo that he knew, which was Shire and Baggins. And one of the other things that uh, Gollum actually says about this time is that the Dark Lord is missing one finger mm-hmm. the one finger he saw the dark lord that was cut off he saw his Sildor. physical presence and he yeah. saw oh, that right. he was missing his ring finger because we, we talk about how um in the movie when he cuts off all the fingers yeah he gets his whole bullshit. yeah the whole bullshit. finger yeah, yeah it's only one finger like frodo loses one finger it's that's, some, that's a pretty accurate cut if you're only getting one finger though no he probably he did it with the broken shard so he probably stabbed down that in into it that's how I. oh yeah it, it probably yeah it wouldn't have been a slashing motion and that makes a lot of sense it's a broken sword so meanwhile around this time is when gandalf finally began to suspect that the ring Bilbo had was, in fact, one of the rings of power from the Second Age. Would Gandalf have had the ring that he was given by the elves at this point? Yes. He did, yep. He was he was the keeper of Nenya at this point. Gandalf or, uh, is a ring bearer. Narya yeah. at this point, yeah. In Third Age 3009, Gandalf resumes his search for Gollum. Yeah, but unfortunately, at this point, it was kind of in vain since the trail was long cold by now. And basically, Gollum is in Mordor right now and has been for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by the year Third Age 3017, Gollum was released by Sauron, only to be caught by Aragorn at the skirts of the Dead Marshes. And uh, after many perils, Aragorn led Gollum to Gandalf, who had been looking for him for, well, a very long time. Yeah, uh, Gandalf in t- <laughs> attempts to grill Gollum, but the only thing he was able to get is growling, snorting, Curses and lies. Yeah, Gandalf endured this for many weary days, and eventually Gandalf even had to threaten Gollum with fire before he managed to learn anything about Gollum's real story. But uh, Gollum didn't say much about his story after the departure of Bilbo because Gollum feared Mordor more than he feared Gandalf. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty intense, really. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, Mordor's a pretty bad place, but I mean, Gandalf's I'm, a freaking wizard. Yeah, I'd be intimidated as fuck by Gandalf, <laughs> yeah. so. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Gandalf was able to, able to gather from that Gollum felt misunderstood, ill-treated, and robbed. Gollum actually mentions to Gandalf that he would get revenge thanks to his, quote, new friends. Mm. Gollum having friends? What? Hmm. Yeah, and at this point, this is when Gandalf figures he's gotten about all the use he can out of him, and Gandalf places Gollum in the care of the woodland elves, the sylvan elves living in Mirkwood. That would have been uh, Thranduil's kingdom, right? Yes, that would be Thranduil's kingdom. Yes, indeed. Legolas's dad. Legolas's daddy. Oh, shoot. Okay. Yep. I just made that connection. Okay. All right. Uh, in the year uh, Third Age 3018, orcs attack Mirkwood and facilitate the escape of Gollum. After this, Gollum began looking for the ring once again. 
And for this particular uh, part of events, the Golem uh, being in Baradur and going through in Mirkwood, our next episode is actually going to cover the game that just came out. Yeah, which covers this period of Gollum's life. Yeah. yeah. Very, very particularly this period. Yeah, so... And we loved that game, right? It was so good. The greatest. Blown away. <laughs> One I, of the I, goats. I, I yeah. can't believe they actually made that game. Yeah, I can't believe it either. I've put, like, I think over, over 100 hours into it. That's, I think. Yeah, I've at least beaten it like seven times, just like Dark Souls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It was equally as hard, too. No, Platinum. yeah. Platinum that game. I think it's better than Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we'll see it come out on Alexa <laughs> and like all the other platforms, too. Skyrim was, you know, got around. Yeah, Skyrim did get around. Yeah, well, tune in next week for our episode about the Gollum game to it's, learn more about that. It's going to be a real fun episode. We're excited for it. It's also Trevor's first episode that he wrote. So it's, Yeah, it's we're proud be, of him. Yeah, we're yeah. very proud of Prepare him. Prepare yourselves. So let's get into the era of Gollum's life during the War of the Ring. Yeah, so during this time, Gollum actually set off looking for the Shire because he knew about the Shire only by name. Mm-hmm. He ends up passing through Moria. Uh, on his way, but he could not make it out of the doors of Durin, aka the West Gate. Yeah, and this is when Gollum, you know, stuck here, eventually comes across the Fellowship, lucky him, and this is when he begins to follow them. How long do you think Gollum was in Moria before he stumbled upon the Fellowship? So this was in uh, early 3018, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And the Fellowship was there, I believe, in the fall of 3018, Mm -hmm. so probably a couple months. Yeah, so he must have been oh. hanging out in there for a couple months, which normally I'd say, man, that would have been awful, but yeah, he actually... he would have loved it. Yeah. He would have loved it. That's kind of his choice, like uh, terrain, you know? Yeah. And, and honestly, there were a lot of orcs, or goblins, right? So he, he probably had a good feast in there, too. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> fucking nasty. <laughs> he probably <laughs> ate the corpses of uh, a fucking Balin. Oh, jeez. Wait, uh, wait, how long... Those would have been corpses for a while, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, they would have been yeah, bones. Yeah, yeah they would have been just bones. getting the leftover marrow, maybe. Yeah, he's making some gravy. <laughs> So Gollum was able to follow the Fellowship all the way through Moria, albeit not perfectly, as both Frodo and Aragorn notice him at different points. But still, he did a pretty good job. Decent. And it's also unknown how, but somehow Gollum also gets past the Bridge of Casa Doom after it falls. Or maybe he got across it before. We're not really sure. But if he was following the Fellowship, it would have been after. He yeah. had to have, yeah. Yeah, so we don't really was know he, how. Was he snuck across first, maybe? Yeah, when nobody was looking. When nobody was looking? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, so it's unknown how, but he does somehow get across the gap there, and he even follows them out of Moria into Lothlorien. Hold on, that's the that's the bridge Gandalf and uh, the Balrog fought on, right? Yeah, the, the bridge of Khazad Doom. Yeah. So yeah, somehow after it's gone and Gandalf falls, he somehow gets across. I don't M- know. Maybe he can do those sweet jumps like he does in the game. You know? <laughs> oh, it's like the Mario long jump. Yeah, the Mario long jump. Yeah, oh, just like, woohoo! 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 Yep. Um, while in Lorien, the hobbits are sleeping up in the trees, like in the, in the planks that they have on the trees, uh, and they hear a sound of a passing orc company. And Frodo ends up having kind of a close encounter with Gollum himself when he sees Frodo sees Gollum kind of climbing up a tree and then being scared off by Haldir. And we've got an excerpt here about this from the Fellowship of the Ring, Lothlorien, read by Trevor. Something was now climbing slowly, and its breath came like a soft hissing through closed teeth. Then, coming up, close to the stem, Frodo saw two pale eyes. They stopped and gazed upward, unwinking. Suddenly they turned away, 
and a shadowy figure slipped around the trunk of the tree and vanished. Immediately after, Haldir came climbing swiftly up through the branches. There was something in this tree that I have never seen before, he said. It was not an orc. It fled as soon as I touched the tree stem. It seemed to be wary, and to have some skill in trees, or I might have thought it was one of you hobbits. Okie rat. Bum bum. Keyword there might have been one of you we, hobbits. We did say earlier he was kind of like a ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So hiding somewhere near the shores of the Anduin River is where Gollum hung out and was able to spot the Fellowship from there as they departed Lothlorien on their three boats down the river. Yeah, Gollum was able to follow them down the Great River until they reached the Falls of Raros and split ways. And at this point, as we know, Gollum follows the Ringbearer and Sam as they continue their way eastward toward Mordor. I feel like this is a pretty long distance. Like, Gollum seems to have some ranger-level tracking skills. Yeah. Like, how, how would somebody who spent 400 years in caves be so good at tracking all of a sudden? I, I think it was probably um, the heightened senses you get by sitting in the dark. Like, mm-hmm. so probably sense yeah. of smell and hearing, maybe. Yeah, he know. did get heightened senses, so I yeah. suppose he's, yeah. So that probably helped. So he's kind of like um, Daredevil from, from Marvel. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. That's pretty, that's pretty accurate, that's I accurate. guess. Yeah, he's kind of like Daredevil. He just wasn't splashed in the eyes with some radioactive whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 400 years of the ring is enough for that. <laughs> Unfortunately for all of them, Frodo and Sam had no idea where they were going, and they got lost attempting to cross the Emin Wheel toward Mordor. Yeah, the Emin Wheel, or Dreary Hills, is a vast stretch of rocky crags between the Anduin River and the Dead Marshes. We have a, a bit of a description of these events from The Two Towers, The Taming of Smeagol, read by Joel. They had almost lost count of the hours during which they had climbed and labored among the barren slopes and stones of the Emin Muil, sometimes discovering that they had wandered in a circle back to where they had been hours before. Yet, on the whole, they had worked steadily eastward, keeping as near as they could to the outer edge of the strange twisted knot of hills. But always they found its outward faces sheer, high, and impassable, frowning over the plain below. Beyond its tumbled skirts lay livid, festering marshes where nothing moved and not even a bird was to be seen. Yeah, Frodo and Sam confronted Gollum, and there was a struggle. Yeah, and during the struggle, uh, Gollum bit and nearly strangled Sam... But Frodo comes up and subdues Gollum with Sting, the famous sword, and basically threatens to kill him. Yeah, Gollum recognizes Sting and uh, that he realizes that it previously belonged to Bilbo, and Gollum fucking hated that sword. I wonder, do you think Gollum made the connection like that Bilbo and Frodo were family or something? Oh, totally, yeah. I think he he figured it was his heir, I guess. It was at least handed down. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's going to bring back some pretty awful memories. Yeah. The riddle in the dock. So they attempt to put a leash on Gollum, so Frodo ties their elvish rope around Gollum's ankle. But just the touch of the rope caused Gollum pain, physical pain. Nasty elves twisted it. Nasty elves twisted it. Why? Okay, why do you think that the, the rope would have been hurtful to Gollum? I mean, it's, I mean, elven rope can't be that crazy, right? 
Well, it has some some sort of virtue uh, being of elvish make, uh, an unknown virtue. Yeah. Sam is even convinced the rope is like somewhat sentient. There's a part where he ties it off uh, for them to climb down, and then he's like, it's a shame I have to leave it here. And he, he, he tugs on it, and it falls off, right? This scene is in the extended edition as well. Yeah, almost exactly. Oh, I, I do remember seeing. Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing that. And uh, yeah, he says, call me crazy, Frodo, but it came when I called, you know? Magic mm. rope. Magic so rope. It's almost... Well, it's almost like holy rope. If Gollum is evil, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's kind of along the same, kind of right along the same lines as is why the sun bothers him. I think. Yeah. Oh, so it's it's kind of like the rope has that like light that was in the no, in the not fire. necessarily, no. but uh, it's elvish made, so it's, it's got yeah. that virtue, that mm. good virtue. But Frodo, he took pity on Gollum when seeing him in pain, and he agreed to untie the rope if Gollum would swear that he would help them. Frodo could basically see some of his own future in Gollum, so he wanted to hope for the better. Yeah, Gollum agreed and even swore on the ring itself. And as we all know, uh, if you betray an oath, you'll probably face your downfall, and Frodo warned Gollum of this. And uh, we have an excerpt of that exchange from the two towers, The Taming of Smeagol. One ring to rule them all, and in the darkness bind them? Would you commit your promise to that, Smeagol? It will hold you. But it may be more treacherous than you are. It may twist your words. Beware. Gollum cowered. On the precious, on the precious, he repeated. And what would you swear, asked Frodo. To be very good, said Gollum. Then crawling to Frodo's feet, he groveled before him, whispering hoarsely. A shudder ran over him, as if the words shook his very bones with fear. smart swear. Never, never to let him have it. Never speak or save it. He must swear on the precious. No, not on it, said Frodo, looking down at him with stern pity. All you wish is to see it and to touch it, if you can, though you know it would drive you mad. Not on it, swear by it, if you will, for you know where it is. Yes, you know, Smeagol, it is before you. It is before you. Yeah. What a weird uh, or painful temptation to have, just knowing it's like the thing you so dearly want right in front of you, and you can't, you're, you're being forced to swear an oath to not yeah. touch it. It's rough, right? But he does it, and uh, Gollum is eventually released, and he leads the two of them out of the Emin Wheel and leads them on their way over to Mordor, and he ends up being their guide. Yeah, it shows the, the kindness uh, that Frodo had given to Gollum and uh, it appealed to the Smeagol half. Yeah, the Smeagol part. Yeah, Smeagol tried to keep good on his promise, and he genuinely wanted to be helpful. Do you think that, that Sam and Frodo actually know the difference between the two personas? Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, we actually, uh, they hear Gollum arguing with himself, like, all the time. And like we said earlier, Sam actually has the two nicknames for the different personalities, Slinker and Stinker. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's also possible, maybe, that the oath made by Smeagol might not apply to Gollum? <laughs> I don't know, I and mean, then it's a technicality, but uh, their fates are the same regardless. Yeah, I like that question, but yeah, I think their fates do end up being the same ultimately. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be an interesting way to, to the loophole. Yeah. <laughs> oath loophole in, yeah. in Tolkien. Well during their time together, Frodo and Sam actually begin to get get to begin to get to know Gollum and what his life has been like. They learned that Gollum had lived in the darkness of the cave for so long that he had come to fear both the sun and the moon. This is when they learn that he calls the sun the yellow face and the moon the white face. Yeah, Frodo begins to uh, help to hope to save Gollum. Frodo and Gollum were both ring bearers and seemed to share some kind of strange bond. 
Yeah, and like we mentioned, Frodo, again, sees his own possible future in Gollum. So he felt the need to try to help Gollum so that he could know that he himself could be saved. It's kind of interesting to think about uh, what Frodo might look like uh, if he if he had the ring for 400 years and lived in a cave. Yeah. Yeah, they actually uh, they actually filmed that for the trilogy. It just never made it into any of the cuts. Oh, yeah, they oh, shot that. That's, yeah. a, that's a bummer. That would have been so cool. You can find uh, pictures. Stills of it. You can yeah. find stills of... Of the makeup, at least. Yeah. Right now. It wasn't yeah. bad. Yeah, it looked a lot, you know, like It looked Gollum. creepy, yeah. I'll, Actually, sh- yeah. I'll show it to you later. Yeah, yeah we'll be you. looking that up. Yeah. Uh, generally, Gollum was intimidated by Frodo, and he knew that if he helped Frodo, Sauron might not get the ring. So, enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing. Yeah. And Gollum, he actually genuinely began to enjoy the company of Frodo. And furthermore, the only people who have ever really shown kindness to Gollum were Bilbo, and at times Gandalf, and now Frodo. Gollum had pretty much always been hated as soon as anyone ever met him, whether it was orcs, rangers, elves, what have you. So yeah, they always, it was a nice change yeah. of pace. Mm-hmm. Always always the prejudice of our hero. Yeah. Mm, yes, that's right. Do you do you think that during his time with Frodo and Sam, Gollum was like actually authentic and wanted to help, like considered them friends, like it wasn't just keeping? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, at least the Smeagol part of him um, was starting to feel a little bit more like he did when he was a normal hobbit. Because you know, kind like we, you know, kindness goes a long way, man. These are people that Frodo showed him kindness. I feel like that's a reoccurring theme in Tolkien. Kindness does go a long way. Yeah, but other than for his own redemption, in in terms of Frodo's case, like, do you think he might have reciprocated that feeling of friendship, like at least a little bit? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. In the very least, he identifies with Gollum, which is really uh, the first step in building any kind of relationship. Right. Right. Um, it kind of reminds me of there's a there's a Phil Oaks song that says there but for fortune may go you or I. I think that's kind of how um, Frodo feels about Gollum. That could very well be me. So he identifies with them and they connect on that. Kind of nice to know that Frodo doesn't just feel pity for Gollum because it, it seems like anyone right. else who is nice to him that is the case. Yeah, I mean he he does have a, a pity for him, but he also has a, a weird respect for him. I guess. You could yeah, say yeah. Too. It's not just solely pity. Like there's yeah. there's more to it. It's a more well-rounded relationship. Mm-hmm. Sounds like. So let's talk into talk about getting into Mordor, getting up and all that shit. Yeah. So when Gollum finally leads them to the Black Gate, they find that it's obviously heavily guarded, and this is when Gollum convinces Frodo and Sam to avoid taking that path altogether or else they'd probably be captured and the ring would go to Sauron. And Gollum says that he wants to take them through another path, a secret path down to the south, where he said there was another entrance into Mordor. Another entrance? There's more doors? More doors? Oh, my God. Oh, God. I I, I don't know if I'm supposed to be upset about you making that joke. While leading them south through Athelion, they're captured by Faramir. But Gollum saw how Frodo uh, allowed Faramir's men to capture them. It brought out the dark side in him. Yeah, Gollum had been taking Frodo and Sam to the pass of Kirithungal, where the giant spider Shelob resided. And Gollum, as we know, he had met Shelob before and had worshipped her. So at this point, Gollum has now basically decided to allow Frodo and Sam to be eaten by Shelob and then attempt to recover the ring from their remains. Yeah. We got an excerpt here from The Two Towers, Shelob's Lair, read by Trevor. Whistle, whistle, he said often to himself when the evil mood was on him as he walked the dangerous road from Emin Will to Morgan, Morgul Vale. Whistle, 
It may well be, oh yes, it may well be that when she throws away the bones and the empty garments, we shall find it. We shall get it. The precious. A reward for poor Smeagol, who brings nice food. And we'll save the precious, as we promised, oh yes. And when we've got it safe, then she'll know it. Oh yes, then we'll pay her back, my precious. Then we'll pay everyone back. Revenge. What a motivator. Mm-hmm. When Faramir discovered that Gollum was leading him to Kirithungal, he warned Frodo and Sam of the evil of that place. But seeing no better way, Frodo and Sam decide to follow through with Gollum anyway. I mean, what other ways would there have been that were worse? I mean, right, yeah. I mean, I mean, after Moria, you'd think that Frodo would know that caves were kind of bad? Well, you'd think, but no. They decide to march right up them scary stairs into that scary cave anyway. What do they got? The, the the black gate or like? Yeah, they got the black gate or go around either to the, the east or to the southeast. And that's like that's around mountains and. Yeah, you'd have mm-hmm. to skirt around mountains and go through wastelands and. Yeah, that'd w- make the trip a lot, lot, lot longer. Yeah, I kind of think that's maybe what Aragorn would have did if he took them though, like took them the secret way. It sounds like it would be well safer for a group of people, maybe yeah. not for two hobbits. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you got nine nine homies with you, you might want to take the long way around. <laughs> so Gollum, Frodo, and Sam, they leave Faramir, and they cross the Morgul Vale to arrive at the stairs of Kirithungal. And the ascent up the stairs takes them a number of days, and during that time, Gollum would actually sneak off while the hobbits slept to attempt to meet up with Shelob and make a plan to betray the hobbits. What a slinker. Yeah. A fucking stinker. And a stinker. <laughs> when Gollum returned, the hobbits were asleep. At the sight of Frodo sleeping, nearly moved Gollum to repent to of his evil ways. Um, and then he began to pet Frodo's hair. Kind of creepy. Ew. A little creepy. Yikes. And this is that part with the Lambus bread where he like throws the Lambus bread <laughs> off the side. <laughs> oh, jeez. And then no. like frame Sam and then Sam's all like. Go home. Go. <laughs> Frodo's like, go home, Frodo's Sam. Like, yeah, go home, Sam. Go home, you, Sam. You, you go back down them stairs. Yeah. Yeah, no. No, that's not what happened. But Sam does wake up, and this is when Sam speaks harshly to Gollum, and basically all hope of redemption for Gollum is lost. And upset by this, Gollum resolves to follow through with his plan and lead Frodo and Sam into Shelob's Labyrinth, also known as Torek Ungol which is uh, Cinderin for Lair of the Spider. Is uh, is is Ungol or Torek the, the spider word there? Ungol. Ungol is spider, spider. Like Ungolian. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Connection made. There you go. Um, when he had sprung his trap, Shelob was chasing Frodo and Gollum attacked Sam. He thought he'd uh, divide and conquer. Uh, we got a excerpt here from the two towers, Shelob's Lair, read by Joel. Got him, hissed Gollum in Sam's ear. At last, my precious, we've got him. Yes, the nasty hobbit. We take this one. She'll get the other. Oh, yes, Sheila will get him. Not Smeagol. He promised. He won't hurt Master at all. But he's got you, you nasty, filthy little sneak. His long right arm shot out, and he grabbed Sam's wrist. His fingers were like a vice. Slowly and relentlessly, he bent the hand down and forward, till with a cry of pain, Sam released the sword and it fell to the ground. And all the while, Gollum's other hand was tightening on Sam's throat. 
But things did not go Gollum's way for very long. And uh, Sam was furious and actually began getting the upper hand. Uh, and continuing this bout, we've got another one from Shelob's Lair, read by Danny. Grabbing from behind was an old game of Gollum's, and seldom had he failed in it. But this time, misled by spite, he had made the mistake of speaking and gloating before he had both hands on his victim's neck. Everything had gone wrong with his beautiful plan, and now he was face to face with, face with a furious enemy, little less than his own size. The fight was not for him. Sam swept up his sword from the ground and raised it. Gollum squealed and sprang aside onto all fours. He jumped away in one big bound like a frog. Before Sam could reach him, he was off, running with amazing speed back toward the tunnel. Sounds like that uh, that orc nickname for him was pretty apt. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the, the frog. Yeah. And the game, right? The long jump. Ah, that's, yes, that's, that's right. true. Yep. Frog the jump. Long, yeah. long, <laughs> long jump from the game. <laughs> So, so accurate, accurate to the lore. Yeah, you just you wait, guys. It's gonna be great. <laughs> so just as Frodo had warned, the betrayal of Gollum's oath ultimately led to his undoing. And while Frodo did get stung by Shelob, he wasn't dead. And even though Frodo was taken prisoner by orcs and hauled to the Tower of Kirithungal, he was still alive, and he's rescued by Sam. I love this. I love that Sam dresses them up, but both in the the orc armor that he yeah. scavenges. And, and they just make their way across the plateau of Gorgoroth to Mount Doom. Yeah, they do it. They make it They make it all the way there, despite Gollum's beautiful plan. I wonder, did they go through Gorgoroth State Park? They had to have, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah they they had to have State gone through the beautiful Gorgoroth State Park. Gorgoroth State Park. Walk upon Sauron's Road. I feel like it would be it'd be pretty funny if they had like a Where's Waldo, but it's Gollum. See, <laughs> yeah, Gorgoroth State Park, just one of the amenities. Yeah. So, wounded from his fight with Sam, Gollum still continued to follow the hobbits all the way to Mount Doom, just looking for a chance to surprise him. Wait, hold on. So, how wounded would Gollum have been? This was with the fight with Sam, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he got pretty well beat up. He got pretty fucked up, man. Gollum might have broken his arm, or at least fractured it, uh, with his special Dunedain walking staff. He hit him really, really hard. Um, he also breaks that same staff over Gollum's back, like backyard wrestling style. Damn, and he was still able to jump away like a frog? Yeah. I guess, yeah. Go- yeah. I guess Gollum's a little more resilient in ways I don't expect. He's a tough hero, you know what I mean? Oh, as all heroes are. Yeah, as all heroes are. So let's let's get to his final stages. Let's talk about the death of Gollum, a.k.a. Gollum's most heroic act, a.k.a. Gollum saves the world. Woo! When Sam and Frodo had almost reached their destination, Gollum attacked. But Frodo summoned an unexpected burst of strength and threw Gollum down. Yeah, Frodo warned Gollum one last time that he would be destroyed if he continued to seek the ring. And we've got an uh, excerpt here from The Return of the King, Mount Doom. Down, down, Frodo gasped, clutching his hand to his breast, so that beneath the cover of his leather shirt he clasped the ring. Down, you creeping thing, and out of my path. Your time is at an end. You cannot betray me or slay me now. Then, suddenly, Sam saw these two rivals with other vision. A crouching shape, scarcely more than a shadow of a living thing. A creature now wholly ruined and defeated, yet filled with a hideous lust and rage. And before it stood stern, untouchable now by pity, a figure robed in white. But at its breast it held a wheel of fire. Out of the fire there spoke a commanding voice. Be gone and trouble me no more. 
If you touch me ever again, you shall be cast yourself into the fire of doom. The crouching shape backed away, terror in its blinking eyes, and yet at the same time, insatiable desire. I love that sort of like description of what Frodo would have looked like to to Sam there. Like a big white robed and a wheel of fire. Yeah, dude. Really dramatic, yeah. yeah, It must have been like a, a real powerful look. Yeah. So this is when Sam steps in and faces Gollum on his own and he urges Frodo to continue up the mountain to finish their mission. But like Bilbo and Frodo before him, Sam also spares Gollum's life out of pity. Gollum grovels and is like, oh, don't kill me. And yeah, Sam's well, <laughs> just like, oh, Jesus. Well, yeah, fine. Gollum is just too pathetic to kill. Like, nobody's willing to pull the trigger on killing this poor, miserable creature. So Sam turns his back on Gollum and starts going up the hill to, to follow Frodo, but that was a mistake because if Sam had turned around, he would have seen Gollum continuing to pursue them more determined than ever. What a fucking hero, dude. What a fucking hero. Gollum's not giving up. Very persistent. The tenacity that heroes are made of. (laughs) And so moments, moments later, Frodo stood on the edge of the crack of doom and does what? He completely fucking fails. Yeah, fucks it up, flubs it. This is why Frodo is not our hero. No, Frodo openly claims the One Ring for himself and puts it on right in the middle of Mordor. Yeah, everything is fucked. The world is fucked. Everybody's fucked. In steps... Middle-earth's finest hero. Not the hero they want, but the hero they deserve. Gollum! Gollum attacks the invisible Frodo. That's some pretty fucking good yeah, skill. That's, that's, that's some skill. That's, that's that's goddamn impressive. That's some skill. In the ensuing struggle, struggle Gollum bites off the vile trainer's finger. <laughs> <laughs> Loophole discovered! Yeah, if you lose the appendage wearing the ring, then the rest of your body is no longer invisible. Fucking genius. Yeah, genius. I mean, only a real real thinker would think of that one so being a responsible ring bearer and a true fucking hero Gollum sacrifices himself voluntarily by diving (laughs) into the crack of doom with the ring just to ensure its destruction and as he falls Gollum lets out one last cry precious and by this means and only this means was the ring destroyed and Sauron defeated yeah, the world was saved, and uh, even that traitor Frodo was given a second chance in Gollum's new world of peace. <laughs> yeah, he sacrificed for us. For us. Christ-like, really. Gollum, really? Gollum died really. for our sins? Gollum yeah. died for our sins. He did. He, he did. died for Frodo's fucking sins, that's for sure. Yeah, people always say that Frodo's the Christ character in the allegory that doesn't exist. No, Frodo failed. No, it's Gollum. Frodo, everyone remember this. Frodo failed. Hashtag Frodo failed. Good guy. Like him enough. Yeah, yeah he tried real hard, tried but ultimately... If it wasn't for Gollum, everyone would be fucked. Everybody would be yeah, fucked. Yeah, Sauron probably would have gotten the ring. Yeah, so Sam ultimately curses Gollum after his death, but Frodo urges his friend to forgive Gollum, as without him, the quest... Would have failed. Even Frodo recognized it. Game recognized game. And years after Gollum's death, uh, Frodo would also, you know, totally forgive him. As Gandalf had pointed out to him that Gollum was not an evil entity deserving death, uh, but a pitiful being unnaturally and irreversibly bound to the ring's will. And that Frodo would have almost certainly suffered a similar fate if he had kept the ring. So ends Middle-earth's greatest hero. Yeah. And most uh, shafted, most underrated hero. Yeah, nobody even thinks of him as a hero, really, and I think that's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. He, he really went out in flames, you know? 
Remember yeah. him, guys. Gollum, the secret hero of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But that brings us to everyone's favorite part of the episode. We got a bit for you guys. The hell yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You this, know there's going to be a Gollum bit. Oh, yeah. You know we got we all do a perfect Gollum. So <laughs> this one is called The um, Reformation of Smeagol. We hope you enjoy. Enjoy. The following is a KOT What If scenario. Imagine, if you will, that Gollum did not die at the end of the War of the Ring. And furthermore, imagine, please, that this tale took place in a different society, a hypothetical society that is much like our own, except that there is free mental health care and adequate social programs. It was one of these social programs that Gollum was enrolled in. It was determined by the state that Gollum be reformed and reintegrated into society. The following is a conversation between Gollum and his social worker. All right, it's great to meet you, sir. I see in your file that your name is Smeagol. False, precious. Gollum, Gollum, stupid social worker. Make some nasty lies. Okay, then uh, who are you? We are Smeagol. Yes, precious. Nice social worker. We are Smeagol. Okay, well, so you are Smeagol. Um, would you like a tissue? Tissues? What's tissues, precious? Well, I suppose we'll get there. Smeagol, it is determined that you are a great candidate for rehabilitation and reintegration. What does that mean, precious? They will lock us away! Yes, precious! Lock us away! Down in deep holes with the spiders! Nasty big spiders, precious! Call him! Call him! Oh no, Precious, we mustn't be locked away. We will be good. Yes, Precious, good Smeagol. The social worker had a confused look on his face, but continued all the same. He smiled as he spoke. Actually, quite the opposite is the case. The ring is gone, and with it, the Dark Lord. And you, Smeagol, played an integral part in that. You kept the ring from the Dark Lord for many years, and you played a key role in helping Frodo destroy the ring in your own way. So we have, a taken, we have taken a no harm, no foul approach to your case, hence your enrollment in this program. Filthy social worker! We would like to wring his filthy little neck, precious! Ah! Calling! Calling! Nice social worker! Smeagol would like to be rehabilitated, yes, precious! That is great. I am so glad to hear you say that. Let's talk about housing for you. What was your last dwelling like? Smeagol was in jail, yes, precious. Yes, it says here that you were, in fact, incarcerated in both Mor- Mordor and Mirkwood. Uh, what about before that? Where were you? The cave, precious. Away from Yellowface. Call him. Call him. Yes, precious. We lived in a cave. Right. Okay. And, uh, what did you do for food in this cave? We ate fishes! Ah! Oh, so you like fishing. Let's, hey, let's build on that. Would you ever consider doing it for work? Work? What's work, precious? We do not need to work. We need to find the precious! The social worker looked confused. He clicked his pen and wrote something in Gollum's file. Well, uh, what did you do before the war? We had the precious! Gollum! So bright! So beautiful! Gollum! Gollum! Life was good when we had the precious! Yes, 
Good, good. Um, okay. And uh, what else did you do? Filthy Bargains took it from us! Call him! Call him! The social worker nodded and wrote something in the file. And after Bagans uh, took this, the precious, what then? We tried to find him! Yes! Call him! And take it back! Call him! Call him! We traveled miles and miles before we found it. Oh, so you're well-traveled. Do you enjoy traveling? We hate it! Call him! Call him! Well, that's actually kind of good, because you unfortunately can't leave the area due to your terms of your probation. Oh, we hate it! Stupid, filthy social worker! We hate you forever! Call him! Call him! No! No, precious! My social worker helps me go, yes! We don't need help! We need the process! Ah! The social worker closed his file with a sigh and folded his hands. He took off his glasses and looked right at Gollum. Well, Smeagol, I have to be honest with you. I'm recommending that we get you some intense psychiatric treatment before proceeding. And so Smeagol was transferred to a psychiatrist. He was a pleasant man. He sat behind an expressionless but caring face. He spoke gently to Smeagol. Well, Smeagol, I'm looking through your file and I'm seeing what seems to be a long history of mental illness and trauma. Would you like to tell me about it? No, no, no! We will never talk to Fluffy Shrink! We hate it! But maybe we should talk to him, precious. He could help poor Smeagol. We don't need his help. We need the precious! Call him! Call him! You're always telling Smeagol what to do. Smeagol hates it. You always do as I say. We must get the precious! Well, it seems that you have a problem coming to terms with the fact that the ring is gone. No, precious, it can't be. We need it! Yes! Yes, we need it! Smeagol, I'm diagnosing you with something called D.I.D. What is it? Call him! Call him! Yes, precious. What is this, eh? It is an incredibly rare condition where the mind creates an alternate personality. This could be due to past traumas or other types of mental illness. What's precious? Yeah. What? The psychiatrist looked over at Smeagol and smiled. He spoke soothing and kindly. There is no cure for such a disorder, but it can be controlled with medication and intense therapy. And Smeagol, for the first time, began to work on his mental health. He started taking Prozac and Xanax. He even entered an addiction support group. Um, hi, my name is Smeagol, and I am an addict. Hi, Smeagol. Smeagol really opened up to the group. I've done terrible things to get the precious. Yes, yes, terrible things. At first, it felt weird to be vulnerable to a group of strangers, but when Smeagol opened up, he did not hold back. <laughs> then I put my hands around his throatses, and I... Uh, oh, God, what have I done, Deagle? Oh, God! Eventually, with the help of medication and therapy, Smeagol was rehabilitated. With the proper help, he turned his life around. His social worker moved him into a nice halfway hole 
and got him a job as a busboy at the local Applebee's. That's right. I've really worked through a lot of my issues, and for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm truly healthy. Smeagol is finally back. But it's not perfect. No, no, not perfect. I know that the precious will always be part of me. But now Smeagol is in control. There are good days and bad days, but I'm better off now. Now that this tale has ended, I see my part I played in it. Oh, yes, yes. And sometimes I sit and thinks about what it all means. And I wonder what will my legacy be. Yes, yes. How will they remember me? Smeagol will return next week in The Legacy of Gollum. That's right. It's a two-parter. Hell yeah, guys. (laughs) Well, we hope you all enjoyed that. Yeah, it's a pro-psychiatry message there. Yeah. uh, Everybody can be reformed with the right help. So let's let's kind of wind down for, for the day. So some final thoughts. So Gollum, you know, he's just almost always shafted and he's secretly the real hero of the Lord of the Rings. I think we've all learned that today. We've all learned that today, I feel. But in all honesty, in all honesty, guys. For, okay, okay, sure. All right. Uh, bullshit aside, Gollum was not necessarily a good person. Uh, Tolkien himself laid it out pretty clear. And we have an excerpt from the uh, letters of J.R.R. Tolkien, letter 181. And Trevor's going to read it for you. Take us out, Trevor. Gollum was pitiable, but ended in persistent wickedness. His last act worked good, but of no credit to him. We must face the fact that some yield to temptation and appear to be damnable. The ring was too strong for Smeagol, but he would never have had to endure it if he had not already been a mean sort of thief. His dawning love for Frodo was too easily withered by jealousy of Sam, before Shelob's lair, and he was lost. So ultimately, Gollum really, really isn't the greatest person. No, no. But uh, I still think he's shafted. You know, I still think he gets uh, underhanded in how much he actually ended up cleaning things up for Frodo, who failed. Who failed. Who failed. And I always think it's funny like when people are like, oh, yeah, remember when Fro- Frodo destroyed the ring? I don't, because it didn't happen. Yeah, that's right. I don't know what world you're living in. Yeah. Frodo didn't destroy no rings. I don't know what movie you watched or what book you read. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't this one. Sure as hell wasn't this one. I, I, I kind of think this is funny, though, right? Because we said earlier that Gandalf had said to Frodo, like, you know, this this could have been you. Like, you could have ended up like it's Gollum. It's true, yeah. Yeah. But Frodo was not, like, a bad thief or anything prior to that, right? So I wonder I wonder how different he would have been. Oh, yeah. What the Gollum version of Frodo would have been like? Right. Like, what if? Yeah, like, would he have been, like, as wicked or would he have actually I feel like redemption. he would he was probably smarter than Smeagol so I feel like it probably would have been a lot worse he would have been a much more nefarious <laughs> a lot worse. Yeah. yeah but that's about all we've got for you today guys on good old Gollum yeah don't forget to tune in next week where we've got our review of the Gollum game coming t- taken to us by uh, provided to us by Trevor and oh my god you guys yeah we're this game it's something. It's really... It's, that's a good uh, way to put it. It's something. It is something. 
Yeah, yeah. So if you guys want to know the whole story of the game, I'm I'm planning on going over the whole story and how you know how that compares to what we talked about with the you know Gollum's time in Baradur. And you can't see this because this is radio. When he said story, he went like with his fingers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do the do the quotes. Air quotes. Story. Story. Uh, right. Yeah, and and you know we'll also talk about you know how it kind of lands in the realm of video games. So look forward to it. It's going to be pretty good. Yeah, it'll be really cool. I, I'm I'm so excited to see what uh, Trevor brings in his expertise of video games because. I don't know shit about them, so I'm excited. But uh, that's about all we have for you today. Thanks for listening to KOT Podcast. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Stay up to date on new episodes. Please rate or review us uh, if you like us. If you don't, move along. Keep it to yourself. Always want to throw out a big thank you to our patrons. It's because of you guys supporting us that we're able to do what we do. If you want to support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash KOT podcast. Subscribing there can also unlock some exclusive content. So go check it out. Uh, We also accept private one-time donations. We have PayPal and other services. So if that's more of your speed, connect with us on social media. We'll make it happen. Thank you. And speaking of social media, you should definitely follow us on social media. Definitely go to our Discord. There'll be a link in the description. That's where we do, I think, most of our communication with our audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also on TikTok at keep underscore on underscore Tolkien underscore podcast. Yeah, and please check that out uh, if you're on TikTok. We've been putting a lot of, uh, well, more effort into it lately. And what's also cool is, like, we're recording this, like, what, three weeks before it comes out, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm dropping TikToks that I make immediately. Immediately. So if you want to see little tidbits of shit we're working on, check out the TikTok. Yeah, check out that TikTok preview behind the scenes. We also did uh, that story, the old, the Faithful Stone. Yeah, the Faithful Stone, which is uh, from the uh, the Men episode about the Druidane. Yeah. But as well as on TikTok, you should also check us out on Twitter at KOT Podcast, on Facebook at Official Keep On Tolkien, and on Instagram at Keep On Tolkien Podcast. Also, don't forget to check out our merch store. Got some pretty awesome stuff on there. And uh, that web address is keep-on-tolkien-podcast.tmail.com. All right. That's all we got for you today, folks. I'm Danny J. I'm Joel N. And I'm Trevor D. And we are... Keep Keep on Tolkien. Tolkien. There we go. I'll be Regina. <laughs> clap, 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 clap. Well done, well done. Thank you, church. <laughs> <laughs>